there the president was in Orlando, Florida yesterday for his big re-election campaign rally kickoff thing. Whatever that means, but officially mm-hmm. officially starting his re-election campaign. Oh, officially. 502 days before the election. But, yes. Um, that's the way it works now for everybody. Can't wait till the last minute, Jack. There were people that had waited in line as long as 45 hours to get in. I, there, other than a, a kidney or a heart, there's nothing I would wait in line for <laughs> that long. Nothing, but... Yeah, oh boy. Um, and uh, it was a 20,000-seat arena, and they had about 100,000 people that wanted to get in there. So it was a pretty enthusiastic crowd. The the one of the cable news channels made a big deal of the the Orlando Sentinel has already not endorsed President Trump for his reelection. Yeah, it's anti endorsed him. If you'll remember, uh, last election, five hundred some newspapers endorsed Hillary, and Trump had two. Hmm. He ended up president, you see. So and he which, owned one of them, <laughs> which which gets to more of what I was saying about just the whole endorsement thing is just stupid. Anytime you hear the media talking about that, it's just because this particular endorsement agrees with their political politics, sure, or they're stupid. They're just stupid, stupid people. Do you know anybody? Have you? Do you know anybody who would be swayed in a presidential election by a newspaper endorsement? Presidential election? No, yeah. no, of course no, not. no, no. Of course no. not. No. Of course not. I mean, Just maybe stupid. it's like Bush v. Gore, where you got a moderate Republican and a moderate Democrat, and you're thinking, I, I just, I, and you read the editorial, I could, I could see like maybe one percent of the electorate getting swayed After by that. After a two-year election and endless coverage, right? The difference is going to be what the newspaper. Tells I'm you. trying hard here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right. I mean, it's just stupid. Yeah. Uh, anywho. Um, uh, uh, among the things, so the rally was raucous and crazy, and we're going to play a clip of that. But it, and it was and wildly enthusiastic. Oh yeah, just people were just uh, feverish with their enthusiasm for everything. Even after listening to Mike Pence speak for ten minutes, and Melania, so you know, she her remarks were brief and charming, and she, it sounded like the Bride of Dracula was on stage. <laughs> it's not her fault. She's from that part of Europe. My husband should be president. Blah. <laughs> Every time she speaks, I think of Dracula. Yeah, she doesn't need to throw in the blahs. That doesn't help. <laughs> there was one part of the speech that I that I uh, really enjoyed. is more <laughs> visual, but Trump was saying some not over-the-top stuff for modern standards or for Trump, but historically speaking, pretty over-the-top stuff about the press being the uh, the enemy of the people and this oh, yeah. and that and all the liars and the fake news and boo and yay and boo and they. And then he introduces Lindsey Graham and Marco Rubio, the yes. two senators, and they both kind of stuff like, hey, yeah, we're, <laughs> we're part of this, too. We're just kind of hoping to be here. And, hey. Oh, <laughs> just trying to stay out of the crosshairs. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There were a couple of shots of Lindsey, though, that he clearly understood this is crazy, but what the hell? This is where we are. Right. This is where we are. He but, had a look of wonderment on his Trump face. But Trump even said on stage, and Lindsey Graham in South Carolina, doing, he wasn't doing very good for a while. Wasn't doing very well. Right. But now he's doing okay. <laughs> and right. I thought, wow, what was that kind of left hand? I don't even yeah, know what that was. That was one of the moments Lindsey Graham had a look on his face like, I'm telling you, that these was, are different times. That was <laughs> Yeah, that was like, I'm going to keep you in my pen somehow. Or remind <laughs> you that you turn against me, you're done. <laughs> right, yeah, I guess. Which would probably be I true. I want loyalty. Which probably would be true in South Carolina. Anyway, I really enjoyed the fact that he focus grouped his campaign slogan right there in front of the 20,000 to decide what to go with. Uh, this is kind of long, but it's entertaining. What do we use as our theme, as our statement? So I'm going to ask you to vote on it. I'm going to go make America great again, then keep America great. Let me just hear by your cheers what you like. So, in all fairness, 
Make America great, the greatest of all time. I really believe that. The greatest of all time. How do you give up the greatest of all time with a new theme? Because you know what's going to happen? If I do it with a new theme, I give up the greatest of all time. And if I lose, people are going to say, what a mistake that was. But we're not going to lose, so it's not going to matter. We're not going to lose, right? We're not going to lose. Are you ready? First we do make America great again, then we do keep America great. Let me hear it. Ready? Make America great again. And I actually thought as I was watching this, I thought, oh, they're going to keep the old slogan, right? right? Not bad. Not bad. If I would have said that three years ago, it wouldn't be a contest, right? You ready? Keep America great. Now that's some enthusiasm. Jack, I've judged enough talent shows and bikini contests. <laughs> to know uh, the crowd has cheered louder. One guy clearly cheered twice. It doesn't count. <laughs> Listen to this. The roar continues. Wow. Oh, I'm sorry, MAGA country, but that wasn't too close. I thought you had it won, and then I heard this cheer. My eardrums will never be the same. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. So, uh, Keep America Great is clearly going to be the theme. But yes. Man, you just, I was, I was listening to that, that roar, both roars, but that second roar, just like I said, outside of Obama and Bernie, when do you ever hear that? Your average politician, and we're going to get government off your back. And on your side. Oh, it's just sad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Populism. <sighs> so interesting. Yeah, it really is. In, in all its facets. Mm-hmm. Yeah, boy. But that was, man, that was crazy. That's the guy from The Apprentice, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, you know, Florida is, is the, 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 the purple of all purple states, man. You got to win it. It's a lot of uh, electoral votes, and it's so close, and it goes back and forth. Is the the felons can vote thing, is that in play for the 2020? I don't know, actually. I believe it is. I think that's the biggest game changer since the last election. All mm. this other stuff, I, I, I feel, is going to be a yeah, much smaller variable than doesn't that. Doesn't that add a, I forget what the number is, but it's a lot. It's a lot, and the historical differences in Florida elections are like triple sure. digits yeah. regularly. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, they're yeah. ridiculously tight. Yeah, and you, and you add, we'll have to look that up. Um, well, I think uh, Trump won by 1.2 million last time. In Florida? I can't remember. I'd have to look it up. But you know what? I have to look it up. Um, now, those of you who believe he obstructed justice, might that help him with the felon vote? <laughs> because <laughs> give him a little street cred. I don't know. These things are difficult. To, That's a funny way to, to look predict. at it. Yeah. MAGA!
The Armstrong and Getty Show. In a new poll, more than 60% of Americans believe that Facebook has too much power, said people who took the poll. What? I didn't take that poll. <laughs> That's pretty good. Uh, I like that. Hmm. Hmm. I've been reading about the Facebook currency thing. Definitely worth discussing. Okay. Very intriguing. Oh. So you think they're about to become a country with an army? Maybe. Uh, maybe. Seriously. Um. So listen. Uh, for the longest time, fans of the show have known that I, Joseph Getty of the Armstrong and Getty Show, upon being told that, for instance. Today is National Pie Day. Yay! I will inevitably respond, no, it's not! That's stupid! These days, National Donut Day, everybody eats donuts, it's National This Day, that's a, that doesn't mean anything! What is the matter with you people? It's Yesterday was enough, National Splurge Day, because as I said, we're, we're a country that needs to be encouraged to eat and spend more than we normally do. Right, because we're normally so puritanical. <laughs> anyway... Uh, we got this great note from Tim. Tim in beautiful Redondo Beach, California. Guys, yeah, we're all sick of these made-up holidays. By some accounts, there are over 1,500 national days, averaging over four for each day of the year. Oh, wow. That's not nearly enough. I suggest we all go out and register a national day for ourselves. The entire ANG listening audience each registered their own day. There would be way too many to keep track of. Well... This is how it works, my friend. Hark in your ear to the plucky young woman who's going to explain to you the whole National Day thing. Hi, this is Leah from the National Day Archives, and I'm here to tell you how to create your own National Day. Making your own National Day is easy as long as you follow these four simple steps. Step one is to have an idea. You can create a National Day about literally anything, but be sure to check our website to make sure someone else didn't have the idea first. Step two is to gather all of your information. Think about things such as, how is your National Day celebrated? What day is it celebrated on? Should you have an official hashtag? Gather all this information together and move on to step three. Because we have so many people requesting to create a National Day, we want to make sure that each day on our website fits our standards of quality. Because of this, we've created a National Day application, which you can find on our website. Simply fill this out, giving us as much information as possible, because the more information you provide, the quicker we will review your application. After about a week, you'll receive an email from a member of our team. At this point, you move on to step four, which is processing your payment so that your day can go live on our site. See? It's that simple. We can't wait to see what national days you come up with. Oh, thanks for the encouragement. We'll register your star name in book form with the U.S. (laughs) Copyright Office. So, <laughs> this is one of, and, and I salute their cleverness. Head on, apply directly to the forehead. The Head na- on, <laughs> apply directly to the forehead. <laughs> this is the National Day Archives, they call themselves. Is this a government thing, or is it no. their own entity? No, it's, it's, no. And I'm sure Congress occasionally passes these things, sure. too, at the behest of the blueberry growers of Massachusetts or whatever. It's National Blueberry Day. You know, great, and that means nothing as well. But uh, they're they're showing you the various uh, national days, so you can check if it's already taken, so you can give them your money for nothing for something unique. And, oh dang it! There's already a National Donut Day. Damn it! Awareness. I of, thought I was going to start it. Here are your categories: awareness of causes, amphibians slash frogs, 
astrology slash astronomy. Were those two different things? (laughs) Yes. Or was that specifically like amphibian causes? Birds, brands, business slash office slash finances, careers, cats, celebrities. We got to get one going. Christmas, companies, countries, dance slash dancing, dogs, drinks. Orange Justice, National Orange Justice. (laughs) My son can't stop doing that dance. Wow. (laughs) Drink slash alcohol slash coffee, education, school, environment, energy. So, uh, listen, I thought uh, National Orangutan Day might be a uh, good day because I like orangutans. And I I could whip up some some fine, you know, bull ass or more appropriately, orangutan ass um, to uh, consider a hashtag. An official hashtag. As she suggested. Will you have an official hashtag? An official hashtag? What does that mean, baby? So I'm looking at the uh, the various um, uh, mammal days to what? see if the orangutan is taken. You got International Cheetah Day, National Alpaca Day. That's a I take that off every every year. <laughs> National Bat Appreciation Day. National Bat Appreciation Day. I always forget that bats are mammals. It's the only flying mammal, Sean. Yeah, makes you stop and think. Unless you grab a mouse and hurl it. <laughs> now you're a flying mammal. Yeah. Get out of here! National fake Bison bat. Day. <laughs> yeah, fake bat. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, that reminds me. We got a bird's nest up above our back patio. Um, these beautiful little birds. They got their little chicks that are growing up big. And But one fell out of the nest yesterday. And, and, uh, and Baxter helped out with the inevitable. And initially, I was off-put slightly, but I thought... That is the most merciful thing that could possibly have happened to that bird. Well, we had uh, we His had, Baxi <clears throat> ended it quickly and probably painlessly. That happens pretty uh, pretty often around our house. So it happened the other day, and uh, Bianca, our biggest dog, somehow didn't kill the bird right away. Oh. And our kids uh, saw it and and got Bianca away from it. So then we rescued the bird and. Uh, so you're saying that's what I should have done. Took it in the barn, and it got a little uh, bigger, and then it flew off. Wow. So the kids were very excited that they rescued So my they, dog just murdered an innocent <laughs> It was eaten by a hawk. They were in, <laughs> yeah, immediately eaten by a hawk. Um, <laughs> went into a giant wind farm. <laughs> Providing clean it energy. Was chopped for, in half. <laughs> <laughs> but the kids were horrified that Bianca the dog was about to eat the little baby bird, but, but, yeah. but we saved it, and they, everything, everything was fine. Uh, that's a better story than mine. Uh, National Bison Day, <clears throat> National Black Bear Day. Black Bears Matter, National Day of the Horse, National Dolphin Day. Why is there's the Day of the Horse and everyone else is like Bear Day? I don't know. I kind of like its style. That's actually Senate resolution. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Oh, it's Uh more official. Uh, So is this 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 thing just to make money? Yes. There's so many of them, they make money off of it? Yeah, it's like this star registry thing. It just takes money from suckers. And then what, when the calendar companies print next year's things, they check with this company and figure out, okay, we need to put these official days on the calendar? Or or local TV news, they're they're obsessed with these various days. Right. Because it's cute and and, fun. And they always report it with just a big smile on their face. Like they're just so tickled that it's National Whatever the Hell Day, Muffin Day. <laughs> you're like you're like Patrick from uh, from SpongeBob, SpongeBob SquarePants. Yeah. Here's a little controversy for you, Jack. September 22nd is National Elephant Appreciation Day, and August the 12th is World Elephant Day. There you go, completely different. Oh yeah, it's it's it's, it's, it's repetitive. It's unnecessary. <laughs> it's redundant. The elephants are tired of it. It's, Maybe one's African and one's Indian. I don't. Yeah, know. but I do not see an orangutan day. I wouldn't mind being the guy who got one day started though, and then watch my cable news people be thrilled over <sighs> National Croissant Day. <laughs> <laughs> so everybody, go out and get a croissant. <laughs> 
Because it's that day, is why. <laughs> God dang, it makes me murderous. I know. It makes me homicidal. <laughs> Don't be so tickled by stupid things. So one of the one of the national day categories is Christmas. Well, that's a national day, yes. And so they mentioned that December 24th is Christmas Eve. There you go. Thank you for that. Yeah, yeah. 18th is, uh, December 18th is National Answer the Telephone Like Buddy the Elf Day. A reference to the whimsical yep. Will Ferrell classic elf, yep. I guess. Uh, all right. So that's what your national days are, folks. Congratulations. I've always wondered that. So you nailed it down. Do you have the, So you pay the money just for the application thing, right? It's not once they approve it as a national day. So they're just raking it in. Oh, yeah. But yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Probably. And or they'll find they got 365 days a year for each individual idea. You know, and they'll tell you, oh, yeah, yeah, you got the uh, totally unique National Raccoon Day. Yeah, it's, uh, I don't know, uh, November the 13th. Yeah. Anyway, thanks for the check. (laughs) What's coming up in your news, Marshall? Well, we got another slice of Donald Trump's campaign kickoff rally. AOC catching heat for her comments about concentration camps. And a new twist in the Tracy Morgan car wreck story. Yeah. The $2 million Bugatti. Yeah. The gift that keeps on giving. AOC understands how over the top you have to go to make it into the news. We'll discuss that coming up. Armstrong and Getty. I have our National Day idea. Got a great idea. First, though, I looked into the pricing. For $99, you can uh, name your National Proclamation Day, and they will send you an email which proclaims you as the registrant. Okay, good. And it's a National Day. So that's what you get for $100, an email saying, yeah, sure, uh, National Panda Day, yeah. That was you. (laughs) Congrats. For $495, Jack. You can receive an electronic certificate for social and marketing material. Also, it enables you to purchase add-ons like plaques. An electronic certificate. And a permanent listing on the National Day Archives. What's electronic certificate? So they just send you an, a PDF that you print out on your own. Right. Okay. I'll make you one for 200 yeah. <laughs> Now, Now, you poor people who only want a $500 National Day, that's cute. But I'm going deluxe. The premium listing starts at... $995. Ooh, a thousand bucks. Which Jesus. gets you all the stuff I mentioned. Plus, you get to choose from reserved premium names and you have exclusive access to 10 premium categories. All the stuff you mentioned before, which was an email and a PDF. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's just the beginning. <laughs> and you know what's you know, crazy is when, uh, when Congress actually declares it its National Blueberry Day or whatever. That's as stupid as this, but Congress also wasted its time on it, and, so it's really worse. And your money. Here's our day. National National Days Are Stupid Day. That'd be a good one. Mm. Try to submit that. Right. Give them a thousand bucks. You got to take it. <laughs> I hope we get an electronic certificate. News now with Marsha Phillips. In announcing his re-election campaign, President Trump highlighted a lot of the same themes of the last couple of years. Speaking to the 20,000 supporters at the Amway Center in Orlando last night, Trump attacked former opponent Hillary Clinton and the witch hunt hoax, and he went after Democrats' support of sanctuary cities. 
which he called nothing more than a callous maneuver to get votes at the expense of American citizens. No one who supports sanctuary cities should be allowed to run for president of the United States. I like that position. I like that position yep. a lot. Well, you, the idea is not the banning of candidates because we don't no, no, do no, no, that. No, 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 no. I like that idea of you're completely not, you don't get to be president if you believe in sanctuary cities because that's a crazy idea. Um, uh, da, da, da. Oh, so he brought up Hillary a lot and the crowd went wild and there was a locker up chant briefly. Um, and I thought, could you can you run against the same opponent twice, even if they're not on the ticket? Can you actually pull that off? Oh, it's just a community, Jack. It's just people getting together on a Tuesday night, a warm Tuesday night to chant lock her up. It's just fun. Along with uh, that comment on sanctuary uh, cities, Trump was adding, We believe our country should be a sanctuary for law-abiding citizens, not for criminal aliens. I tell you what. Go ahead. Somebody run on sanctuary cities being a good idea nationally. Good idea. Good, mm. good luck with that. Uh, a couple of things. Number one, New York is joining California with uh, driver's licenses for illegals. Also, uh, pretty pretty Gavin Newsom, the mayor of Cal, I'm sorry, the governor of Cal Unicornia, has uh, responded to Trump's statement and said, "Oh, we're going to be a sanctuary state, and this is a stain on our nation's history." Blah blah blah. It was in college, and I'm I'm no lad. I, I got a couple of gray hairs. Uh, it was in college that I first heard a professor advocate illegal aliens or, uh, or or lawful aliens or just anybody living in a jurisdiction should be allowed to vote because the laws passed, the, the government affects them. And so what possible justification could there be for restricting the vote to citizens? And even as a lad, I thought, hmm, that's an interesting idea. So I just want you to know that philosophy is out there, has been out there, and it is growing. This is a multi-step plan. You let in millions of people undocumented. You make it easier for them to go about their lives. You paint anybody who's for law enforcement as a racist or a lunatic. Meanwhile, you're normalizing it. You're granting licenses. You're making it impossible or even illegal to check somebody's immigration status uh, for work or whatever. You refuse to cooperate with ICE. And then, meanwhile, you're working behind the scenes as hard as you can to either make voter registration so effortless and impossible to check the validity of or just push the idea that people are living under this jurisdiction. How can you deny them the right to vote? These things are happening simultaneously. It's it's a multi-step movement, and it's intentional. That's what's going on. Hello. It has always been pretty clear that Congresswoman Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez is, is an idiot, is no fan of President Trump. Oh, but, that, that too. But now things have risen to a whole new level as she's going after the Trump administration for the way they're housing immigrants. The United States is running concentration camps on our southern border and that is exactly what they are in an instagram live (sighs) feed the new york democrat went on to call president trump a fascist for carrying out policies that separate immigrant families the fact that concentration camps are now an institutionalized practice in the home of the free is extraordinarily disturbing it's uh it, Boy, that, she is way out there. To me though, that's just Ooh. an example of she understands how over the top you have to be to get attention. 
You cannot cut through the clutter in the year 2019 with saying, I uh, disagree with the good gentleman from wherever about his immigration policy. My good friend from Connecticut. You have to call it the concentration camps to get any attention. Do you think, I think she believes that, though. I think she's that out there ideologically. I think she's being sincere. I also think she's an idiot. I think she's, she's verbal, but she's just an ignoramus. You're right about the media strategy, though. I mean, look at her. She's she's got the highest profile of any freshman congressperson right. since I don't know Lincoln maybe I don't know. Um, it's extraordinary, but that just to say that is so utterly objectionable, and it bothers me that uh, you know the headline everywhere is conservatives react to. That's one of your liberal media tropes, by the way. If if somebody on the left says something utterly abhorrent, instead of the headline being. Uh, politician says something abhorrent, they'll go with uh, dem- uh, Republicans uh, reacted violently to uh, the statements. So they cast it as just, you know, those silly Republicans. But to to diminish and to make light of, not like make humor of, but just to compare brief detention in incredibly carefully inspected ICE facilities to the concentration camps of, you know, Dachau, et, et cetera, that's horrific. That's so bad. Somebody texted AOC is LARPing. I don't remember what LARPing means. Live action role playing. Hmm. So good dress up, right? So uh, Renaissance Fair, those people are LARPing as medieval time people. They those are, people are cool. Yeah, they're dressing up. <laughs> they got a giant turkey leg. What's not to like? It can be cooler. Oh, uh, need cool. Oh, yes. <laughs> All right. On an entirely different matter, turns out it is going to cost tens of thousands of dollars to repair the damage to Tracy Morgan's new car. I'm sure if you have a two and a half million dollar car and you get in a fender bender, it's, it's not cheap. Yeah, so, I doubt there are factories cranking out quarter panels for that thing. CBS New York reports it's going to cost more than $32,000 for the work needed. The comedian had just bought his $2 million Bugatti in Manhattan. He was just coming out on the street, and he got involved in a fender bender shortly after making the buy. That's incredible. Like 15 minutes after he he, he drives it off the lot. The repairs to the bumper alone are expected to cost roughly $22,000. Yeah, get get another uh, estimate there, Tracy. Trust me on this. There ain't no bigger racket than auto repair. No, just uh, Google some Billy May stuff. Go on to As Seen on TV. Get yourself the Ding <laughs> King. That's what you need. A little <laughs> bit of Bugatti. Yeah, a little bit of yeah. Bondo, a little bit of Ding, uh, Ding <laughs> King action, maybe some OxyClean. I don't know. It's the uh, cleaning you, with the power of oxygen. Or you do what I've done. You go to a pick and pull. You find a vehicle like yours. Sure. It's roughly the same year, and you get the part there. Yeah, well, there's a lot of Bugattis in the pickle. I've done that many times, so I take off the whatever I need off of that yeah. old car, and then I bring it up there, and I pay for it. So you find another Bugatti out there in the junkyard. What are you looking for? <laughs> 2016 Bugatti Fender. Give me just a minute. Click, 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 click. Yeah, row six, slot four. <laughs> so when I heard Tracy Morgan crashed his $2 million car, I thought, does he have that kind of money? I mean, I know he's successful and all that, it's, but that's insane money. And when he did comedians in cars drinking coffee right, with Seinfeld, right. uh, they go to his house, and Seinfeld says, did you spend all your money? And I thought, yeah, this is a guy who's going to spend all his money. Then I forgot that his settlement with Walmart was never revealed, but a lot of people guessed it was $100 million Ooh. or in that range. Well, yeah. He got rear-ended by a truck, right? Yeah, yeah the guy was drunk or working for Walmart or whatever it was. Yeah. right. 
Um, they think he may have gotten a hundred million dollars. So, Oof. and he was already pretty wealthy. So, mm. yeah, that's a lot. He, of money. he was successful before that. After that, I think he he launched into the wealthy yeah. right. category. Oof. And that's not all. It turns out the resale of his Bugatti will most likely drop by two hundred thousand dollars because of the accident report that will be in its Carfax file. <laughs> do you do a Carfax on a Bugatti and find out it was in a fender bender? I guess I would they think do. the fact that it's the one that Tracy yeah. Morgan used yeah. to own would make it worth more to compensate. Anyway, that's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. <laughs> Stand there in his driveway arguing over two hundred dollars. Nah, I'm telling you, one point one million nine hundred and eighty thousand four hundred and eighty is as high as I can go. You gotta give me five hundred. Hey, this thing's other this thing's got ice cold air conditioning. <laughs> listen to the stereo. Just listen to it. I got another guy said he's coming back this afternoon. So you might want to buy now. I'm telling you, you'll miss out. Uh, we don't have a Secretary of Defense for real. Uh, I mean, we got a guy. He's uh, he's resigning. Well, he's on his way in. And the story behind it is worth hitting on a little bit because you might hear parts of the story throughout the day, and it's it's not the whole thing. Right. And uh, I think this could happen to practically anybody with the wrong circumstances. I'm not sure. Stay tuned. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So you got this guy, Patrick Shanahan, who you probably didn't know has been our Secretary of Defense for a while. Acting. Acting, Jack. Not exactly sure what difference that makes. You know, it Um, makes some difference that you haven't been confirmed and... And the permanent bureaucracy might think this guy will be gone soon enough. We don't have to listen to him. Because that is an issue in the Pentagon, especially. Uh, Gates talked about that quite uh, dramatically. But anyway. Anyway, he re- withdrew uh, yesterday from the, the nomination and is resigning. He's actually leaving before on Friday. Because uh, stories of domestic abuse came up. And I kept seeing you know that headline. And I, I, I jumped to the same conclusion. Probably a lot of you did. That, okay, so he... Got a past where he was hitting his wife or kids or something, and right. I didn't uncover that. But it's a much more complicated story than that. And this, and he said the reason he's resigning is because he doesn't want his family to have to relive this, particularly his kids, particularly his son, who was involved. As a 17-year-old, his son beat down mom with a bat, beat her unconscious with a bat, right. head cracked open, internal injuries, put her in the hospital, pool of blood, the whole thing. Sounds like there were some issues with mom, and uh, it, well, just, it was just an ugly situation all the way around. Yeah, here's here's kind of the lineup of things that they're talking about. And it's funny, I had heard the accurate version first, and then yesterday, throughout the day, listening, taking in all the news I do, I began to doubt it. I thought, wow, I must be misremembering it, because the incident that involved Shanahan himself his wife was arrested for punching him in the face. His wife was arrested with, if you watch cops or, or nobody who's ever been in these situations, that doesn't happen very often. Well, and all day long, the news yesterday were portraying it as it was mutual combat, and, uh, and it's unclear what happened. But no, according to the Washington Post, his wife was arrested after punching him in the face. And then you've got the incident, the absolutely horrific incident involving his mom and the same now ex-wife um, and the baseball bat. And and one of the aspects of this that is problematic is 
and this is uh, 2011 that this happened, that Shanahan rushed to defend his son and wrote out a memo defending him. Uh, if it came to legal action or whatever, uh, the, the wife's, the ex-wife's brother got the memo and the rest of it. And, and it sort of kind of seems like he's defending an absolutely brutal, near fatal bat beating. If you wanted to spin it that way. And so that's the issue at hand here. And so does, does, does somebody who went through that awful situation and it sounds his statement yesterday was, uh, even good families can have, you know, really bad, messy things happen. Right. And, um, and that, that can happen. I know of, uh, several examples in, in my life. Some I've talked about on the air of, of people I've known where, well, the, 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 uh, there, there's at least one adult uh, adult involved in these situations that I can't imagine why this situation should hold them back in their careers mm-hmm. at all. Right, right. Well, and not only that, but I've known a handful of families that have just absolutely wonderful kids, except for one kid who goes completely sideways. And, you know, I don't know what was going on in this family with the ex-wife and kid and whatever, and frankly, it's none of my business. And, you know, this bothers me. But what, what did he do that doesn't allow him to be Secretary of Defense? That's writing, the question. Writing that uh, memo in the days immediately following that horrific incident. Now he says um, he uh, he regrets writing the passage. Quite frankly, it's difficult to relieve that moment, and the passage was difficult for me to read. I was wrong to write those three sentences. I've never believed Will's attack on his mother was an act of self-defense or justified. I don't believe violence is ever appropriate. Uh, certainly not justification for attacking someone with a baseball bat. I think he's um, holding back on saying some uh, bad things he could say about mom, out of the you know fact that he he probably he probably doesn't blame her for whatever situation she was in at the time, mentally speaking, and uh, and and doesn't want to badmouth mom for the kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, and what he's saying publicly is that it was incredibly traumatic for the kids, and he doesn't want them to be dragged through I this get again. That. I get that, because yeah. it would be, well, it already is. It is today, and it would be ten times more of that, where where you're going to see this kid's picture and, and talking to friends and just rehash the whole thing. No family would want to have to relive that whole thing, especially if things are relatively cool now. Right, right. And uh, let's see. I just want to. I want to find this um, this and, statement. And, and, and I can. I can think of a couple instances, and I would never get into them in details where people would figure out who I was talking about. But situations where families came very nearly to coming completely apart, but one of the adults involved got their act together through a variety of ways, and now things are completely fine and have mm-hmm. been for years. Sure. Yeah. Uh, he he writes in his official statement, does Patrick Shanahan, who is going to be the Secretary of Defense, for acting for another, what, two days, and then he's quitting. But um, he says, it's unfortunate that a painful and deeply personal family situation from long ago is being dredged up and painted in an incomplete and therefore misleading way in the course of this process. Uh, let me jump in here. Like I said, I had heard the accurate version and heard the incomplete and inaccurate one so many times yesterday that I began to doubt myself, which is kind of weird. But anyway, and he hasn't said anything about his wife, which I think he's doing for the sake of the kids, or maybe he's just the kind of guy who wouldn't say bad things. But right. he hasn't come out and said, look, this is what she was like at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. In which she ended up arrested for hitting me she was... and what it was like for our son to live around her. Right. Right. 
He says, I believe my continuing in the confirmation process would force my three children to relive a traumatic chapter in our family's life and reopen wounds that we have worked years to heal. Ultimately, their safety and well-being is my highest priority. I would welcome the opportunity to be Secretary of Defense, but not at the expense of being a good father. See, I'm just wondering, if because people are questioning the Trump administration's background checks and that sort of stuff. Right. I'm just wondering if the background check was they got the full story and thought, okay, this is an ugly situation, terrible, but it's got nothing to do with you not being a good, okay. Right. This guy's blameless. He wrote something defending his son. Um, now he says, I don't see it that way these days, but in the heat of the moment, I, I don't understand anybody, any adult who could seriously make the argument that this guy's unfit to be the secretary. This has been known for a while. The Washington post has been going back and forth with him over this since January. So for six months, they've been in communication with him with this issue, and they didn't come forward with any story of here's a monster who's going to be secretary of defense because there must not be one there. No, no. Oh, my God. Richard Blumenthal, the stolen valor, lying senator, was on all the news stations yesterday saying, this was uh, poor vetting, and there was dishonesty here. A guy this who is claimed, not acceptable. A guy who claimed he was a war hero and was lying about it. Right. Geez, right. You'd think you'd want to keep your head down if you oh had that background. Oh, my God. That, I just, that, doesn't that tell you everything you need to know about politics? Oof. That lying, gutless scumbag is up there calling other people dishonest. I mean, I didn't. You can't. How do you write jokes in this era? How do you exaggerate in this era? It's unbelievable. I wanted to puke. Armstrong and Getty.